Welcome to Breaking the Bias. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders from across our industry, shining a light and sharing stories of workplace empowerment. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, CEO at Momentum ITSMA, a global B2B growth consultancy and advisory firm. Welcome to this episode of Breaking the Bias. It's fantastic to see so many membership communities for women and for diversity and inclusion popping up and great to have Angie Vo, founder and CEO of Women in Tech Forum with us today. Angie, welcome. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Great to have you with us. I know you've had a very rich and uh, diverse career to this point. Love for you to get us started with a bit bit about you, who you are and um, your career so far. Yes, so I've been in the tech industry for close to 25 years. Um, I've always been uh, fascinated by sort of computers and technology from an early age. When I was eight or nine, I had the um, uh, one of the first sort of Atari computers and I used to spend sort of evenings writing code and creating games. Um, so I've always been fascinated by computers and so it was sort of a logical uh, industry for me to go into. Uh, it's one that's creative, innovative, dynamic, always changing. So I spent uh, a large part of my career at SAP. That's uh, about 13 years. And um, I started with SAP in London in, uh, in the direct marketing team. So that was when, you know, you would send out hard copy flyers, you know, magazine drops. And then I sort of worked my way up in the UK to, to run uh, the sort of service industries, um, business development solution manager. And I've always enjoyed traveling. So I've sort of studied abroad, always sort of spent my holidays going to uh, different locations. Uh, so when the opportunity came up to uh, run global marketing out of New York, but based in Singapore, uh, back in 2005, I jumped at the opportunity. So I went off with uh, two suitcases uh, off to Asia to uh, establish the, the regional marketing function for Asia Pacific with SAP. And that was absolutely fantastic. I, I spent two years pretty much traveling around Asia at a different country or two every week, uh, as well as sort of going backwards and forwards to New York and to our headquarters in Germany. I always had the approach working in marketing that it's really important to align to the wider sales organization and the sales objectives that were happening. And so as a result of that, I got asked to go and run a learning division for uh, SAP Australia New Zealand based out of Sydney, which was also my dream to live in Sydney. So I spent a further four years in Sydney sort of running that organization. It became the most successful P&L uh, in the world in terms of revenue and margin. And, uh, and then I went back to Singapore uh, for another five years where I ran Southeast Asia for SAP. And then I took the leap to TripAdvisor and I ran TripAdvisor for business for APAC to turn the business around and was later given EMEA to run alongside APAC. Um, so it was a really exciting career journey, 12 years in Asia, and then I moved back to the UK six years ago, where I had a sort of VP of sales role with, uh, you know, $100 million P&L. And, uh, and Women in Tech Forum, I set up initially as a, as a sort of hobby. I've, you know, throughout my career, I've often been the only woman at the table, both, you know, internally, but also with the clients that I looked after. 
Um, and so Women in Tech Forum was set up to help elevate women in the tech industry, um, to provide a platform for learning, for connecting with other industry peers and role models so that we can increase diversity and female representation at all levels of the tech industry. Now we've got about 13,000 members of our community and it's uh, we've got a, a team of people uh, across the UK and Asia. Um, so uh, yeah, so, so that's sort of my, my journey to date. Fantastic, Angie. It's just great to hear you going from marketing right through to developing and leading uh, entities and divisions of, of these large global businesses to where you are today. I'm looking forward to unpacking a bit more about women in tech shortly. I, I had heard that um, you were also awarded 10 Most Impactful Women in Tech 2021 by Analytics Magazine last year. Congratulations. That sounds like an amazing achievement. What what was the criteria? How did that come about? Thank you. So, uh, so the criteria was, uh, I think I was nominated by various people uh, in the industry uh, and it went through to a judging panel. And there were lots of amazing uh, women who were awarded this from VPs of SAP through to the CEO of YouTube. So it was a real honor to receive industry accolade for the work that we're doing and also to be alongside other amazing women who I admire in the industry. Fantastic. Sounds like quite an inspirational lineup. What what makes you so passionate about gender diversity and inclusion? How how did you you talked about traveling the world, working in, in a number of different roles? Um, what what's been your inspiration in um, get, getting behind the movement? The inspiration started with my own personal experiences. You know, working in a very male dominated environment, and you know, having a a sort of director title. Um, you know, at SAP under the age of 30 and you know really experiencing what it's like to be the only woman in the room to be talked over to you know people assume that you're the PA or that you're there to make the tea or to have people talking over you in meetings or you know just think you're sort of there or something pretty to look at and you know I think it's really important to to change the perception of the industry but also to make it more inclusive as well. The boys clubs are still very much in existence, even though, you know, we, we claim it, we're not there, but boys clubs still very much do exist. And, you know, often it's not what you know, it's who you know. And, you know, a lot of women are excluded from those groups. And so I wanted to really equip women with the skills, the confidence and the tools to elevate themselves to, you know, build their executive presence to not just have a seat at the table, but also to have a, a voice at the table as well. And to help women succeed in what is still a male dominated environment, but by using our own strengths as a woman, rather than trying to fit the mold of behaving like a, a man in a, you know, in a men's world to succeed. Given your experience in working across different countries, different territories and the culture in those countries, how diverse did you find the mix, how, how each, each region, each leadership team approached the gender bias and, and inclusion in particular? So I think it's changed quite dramatically over the 25 years where I've worked in the tech industry. You know, certainly early on in, the, in my career, I was, you know, the only sort of female leader in sort of many different environments. And I think now there's a lot more focus on promoting more women into leadership positions and more women of color. So, you know, we have 
you know, we've come a long way as an industry. And I think, you know, we need to do more to showcase female role models to show the pathway and also to equip people with the skills and the confidence to be successful in that environment. And your experience in working across both marketing and sales roles, you've talked a little bit just there about the boys club still very much being in existence. Did you see that differed in in those uh, different disciplines or, or is it fairly consistent across tech? It differs quite widely across different job functions. Marketing traditionally is more female dominated. So uh, often there will be good gender balance in marketing related functions. Sales is still very much male dominated. So about 25% of the workforce is female, uh, about 12 to 15% of sales leaders are female. And then if you go into sort of engineering and product related disciplines, they're even more male dominated as well. So it does vary across different sort of functions, but also across different countries as well. You know, if you look at Japan, for example, still very much at a patriarchal environment, uh, very male oriented. Uh, whereas if you go to the Philippines, it's a lot more female oriented and, and they're often the, the breadwinners of the family. So if you go across culture, across departments, um, the experience is very different. I was actually at a sales kickoff quite recently and um, there was one, it was a sales leadership team meeting with one of our clients and there was a, one other female leader there. And um, I think the team thought it was so novel that they they took a photograph and posted it on, on LinkedIn or, or Twitter or somewhere. And you just think, surely we've moved further forward than that. That's quite a depressing place place to be. But tell me, how, how has the landscape shifted for you over the past five years? Um, you've been doing a lot to campaign and and change how women are positioned in the tech industry, but also the tools that they have access to? So I think highlighting that the strengths that women have that are different to men that make them successful in sales is really important. And I think the pandemic was quite pivotal in that because all of a sudden, you know, we've moved away from this command and control style of leadership to much more that empathetic servant leadership you know actually being interested in people and how are you and how are you really so all of these skills are sort of empathy great listening are typically more female traits now obviously males can be great listeners and empathetic as well but to be successful in sales you know you have to be able to ask great questions you have to be able to listen you have to be able to build rapport so these are some of the unique skills that, you know, women are typically very good at, which can help them build a successful career in a sales related career. And also organizations now are starting to look at the words they use in job titles, you know, how they position the role, the language that they use, because often you'll find it's quite male dominated sort of words and phrases that are used that can be off putting. So simply by changing uh, the tone, the language, or, you know, the skills requirements for job ads um, can make a big difference in attracting more women into uh, sales related functions. And are you seeing an, an increase in uh, women applying for, for sales roles? Are they also getting retained and staying in those roles? I know we've seen differences in sectors like engineering where, you know, the, the similar number of females generate degrees, but don't continue in that career path. What, what are you seeing in the sales space? So. 
We have an issue with supply. So at the moment, we only have a, a finite pool of resources. So there is that war for talent, even in the current economic climate. So we do need to do more in schools and universities. There's a lot of focus in schools and universities on STEM subjects, um, but not really the sales aspect of that. So I think more needs to be done to encourage younger people to go into the sales industry. And also organisations need to do more to retain women in the industry as well. Um, I had a, a roundtable discussion last week with very senior sales leaders. And one of the challenges is, you know, when women have families, and men too, but typically women still do bear the lion's share of the childcare responsibilities. They're seen as, you know, less able to deliver, less, you know, focused, uh, less able to do all of the client dinners in the evening. So we do see a higher proportion of women dropping out of the workforce at, um, you know, sort of mid thirties when they start to have families. So I think organizations need to really look at what are they doing to retain women? How are they creating those flexible work structures? And how are they setting their teams up for success um, so that they can have a successful family life as well as a successful career. That's really good good advice, I think, for organisations, in particularly in how they're approaching um, sales talent. L- looking at um, Women in Tech as a the forum that you've set up, you've got over 13,000 members. Um, you've talked a little bit about the benefits that members have in, in, their, in their participation. You've got amazing firms like Slack, SAP, who are actively um, participating. What do members get for, for being part of uh, Women in Tech Forum? So Women in Tech Forum is a, a digital career development platform to help women with the sort of skills, the confidence and the network to really elevate themselves in their career. So for uh, sort of for our corporate subscribers, we offer a structured program of monthly virtual events on topics like how to build your executive presence, how to network effectively, how to manage imposter syndrome. So all very much sort of practical real life and skills and examples that they can take away and start using themselves. We run virtual networking meetups. We've got uh, leadership podcasts, uh, Slack workspace, um, and a whole sort of career development platform that they can sort of use as part of their membership. And then for corporates, we, you know, we work to help companies improve their employer branding um, and their visibility as an employer of choice for women and diverse groups. So we have a range of sponsorship opportunities for companies. And we've also got a job board, which we only allow our members to advertise on. And that allows them to tap into our wider network of up to 200,000 women all over the world. Angie, as you reflect back on the, the five years since you founded Women in Tech Forum, what, what are you most proud of? It was never intended really to turn into a, a sort of full-scale business. It was initially started as a hobby. And it's really, you know, it's really rewarding to be able to make a tangible difference to, you know, the community that we serve. Um, I'm also an executive coach, so I coach people on how to advance their career, how to get their next pay rise uh, or their next promotion and to be a part of those successes um, you know re- is, is really rewarding and then also to see the difference that we're making 
with companies as well and helping them be known in the market as a, an employer of choice for females and diverse groups is really rewarding. And I think, you know, they do say that when you align your passions, your purpose and your desire to create an impact, you never work a day in your life. So even though it's hard work, it still is super rewarding. Oh, fantastic. It sounds like you've um, been very fortunate in following your passion and uh, turning it into a a fully fledged business. There there are lots of um, communities that I've seen popping up you know, organizations are setting up their own. I, I saw one with Google the other day and you know, clearly great from a awareness perspective. Uh, but I know you're very passionate about going that next step further and really arming your members with with tools. Talk, talk me through what, what still surprises you today in terms of some of the, the gaps that you see as uh, women join the forum, as, as you have other diverse groups join, join your forum. Is, is there something that we're still missing that should have been addressed by now what what specifically do we need to really get behind so I think you know sort of diverse groups across the board I think there's still a lot more work that needs to be done so neurodiversity in the workplace obviously we've got different ethnicities LGBTQ plus so there's you know organizations now are putting a lot of focus on gender diversity but to truly create rich, diverse and inclusive organisations, I think they need to look at all aspects of diversity. Here at Women in Tech Forum, we've launched a Women of Colour in Tech Forum, um, specifically, if we, specifically for women of colour. And uh, we've just launched today, actually, a, a six-part uh, coaching programme for women of colour um, to help elevate their career as well. So um, there's still lots more to be done and, and we're, you know, we're, we're gradually <laughs> making more of an impact across all of the different diverse groups. I love um, how you're moving and continuing to evolve and expand the value that the network's bringing to, to, to your members. Are, are there specific tools that you're seeing um, women need more so in, in tech or more so in sales roles? You talked about empathy earlier as being a, a key skill set, having an executive seat at the table. Are there, what would you say, the kind of top two or three recurring themes are? I think the ability to really own your career and go after your value as well. If you look at different research, women are more likely to accept uh, a pay offer and than men. So women do negotiate as much as men, but not as hard based on the statistics. And so that's also contributing to the gender pay gap. So Women often tend to want to preserve the relationship more and don't want to upset the apple cart. So there's a lot more about really understanding what your value is, what your worth is, you know, not doing a role without the title, uh, whereas men are more likely to get the title even without necessarily having the experience for that role. So it's about going after things, understanding your values, standing firm. And I think that's a key one. And the other one is around confident communication. That comes up a lot as well. When men are, are sort of assertive, you know, they're, they're a great leader, whereas women, uh, if they're assertive, they can be bossy or pushy or annoying, even I've heard. So it's about just giving women the skills to sort of, you know, deliver in those kind of situations and actually not be afraid to stand up 
for themselves, for their next career opportunity and for the, the pay rise that they deserve. I think a couple of really great tips there on um, making sure that you're, you're having those conversations and you're aware of how perhaps you're, you're operating in, in that dynamic. What would some really practical tips be, Angie, if you're advising a female leader who's looking to um, move ahead in, in tech? The first piece of advice for women who are looking to accelerate their career is to take control. Often what can happen is we assume that our manager knows that we want to be promoted and we assume that they're activating on our behalf. So the first one is take control, be clear on what it is you want, what role do you want in what time frame, and take ownership of that. So sit down with your manager and, you know, my goal is to move, uh, you know, into a director position by you know, December next year, um, and work on a mutual plan as you would in the sales process. So, you know, what are the key things I need to do in order to be considered for that director position? You know, if I do X, Y, and Z, you know, will you sponsor me into uh, that position? So it's been very clear on what it is. Make sure you have that discussion with your manager and also with your sponsors as well and champions around the business um, so that you're positioning yourself for success. Often what can happen is we leave it to our managers, we're not too vocal and there are other people who are vying for that same position and you know sometimes particularly if it's men um, they might you know say if, if they don't get this position they're going to leave Whereas, you know, X, Y, Z female, if I just give her this, she'll be fine for another year. So actually being vocal and being clear on what you want um, so that you're not passed over for those promotions, I think is very important. So take take control, take ownership. Don't assume your line manager's doing it for you. Be really clear on what you want and make that make that mutual plan. And, and then this idea of positioning yourself for success, you talk about networking around the organization. Is this about having more conversations with people? Is this about understanding what's going on in other parts of the business? So in order to be a leader, you have to have followers. And um, so it's really important that you build your networks, not just internally, but also externally as well. I'm a big advocate of building your own career board of directors. Um, so making sure that you've got advisors who can support you in different areas. And as part of that, you know, make sure you've got a mentor who's going to mentor you into those positions. You know, it's all about, you know, knowing, having those personal relationships because they can also help to open uh, new opportunities for you. Got it. And are there any particular attitudes or mindsets that you see as being um more or less effective you absolutely have to have a, a growth mindset you have to be curious as well always be open to new opportunities sometimes we have a fixed idea of where our career you know where we want our career to go but actually there might be other ways of getting there as well so don't be afraid to consider a squiggly career path as opposed to the traditional linear career path. I, I mean, I absolutely love the work you're doing and I can see how women in tech can really apply it to, to their own careers, to their, their day jobs and, and really help, help them evolve and make the most of opportunities ahead of them. But if you reflect back and go to your early days at, at SAP, what, what advice would you give yourself today that perhaps you weren't living at the start of your career? Uh, there's probably a few things there look at looking back on my career I think the 
first one is really knowing your value and, you know, don't be afraid to ask for that promotion, but also the pay rise that goes with it. I even turned down a pay rise because uh, I was worried about upsetting a manager in a particular location, even though I had my line manager's support for a pay rise. So, you know, I mentioned previously, women often value the relationship more and, and worry about upsetting people and the implications So go for those pay rises, know your value, and finally be your authentic self. I was very much sort of shaped, you know, by male colleagues uh, and had a very positive experience. But, you know, I dress like a man, I behave like a man, and I think it was very hard to be my authentic self. So I think don't be afraid to be yourself, leverage your unique strengths as a woman and play to those. I I think that's a big underrated area. I think, as you say, we're so um, attuned or you're in in social settings, work settings where everybody is behaving and operating and looking a particular way. It's very easy to feel like you have to look and and behave in exactly the same way. Um, And actually, that can take a huge amount of energy and be quite exhausting and uh, in many ways hold you back. Angie, let's wrap up by um, fast forwarding. Uh, Let's do some future predictions. I know there's so much uncertainty in the world that it's hard to know what's going to happen as you gaze into the crystal ball. But fast forward to 2025. What's your hope? What's your ambition for women in tech? Where will we be? So for Women in Tech Forum, my my aim is to have a a global community of 50,000 members and companies who are all united in the desire to really drive a positive impact in the industry and to create organizations that are inclusive, that are diverse, and that, you know, it just becomes part of the organization's DNA. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to get there. I'm looking forward to more and more organizations, not just talking about inclusivity, but really embracing it. And as you say, having it in in their DNA. Angie, thanks so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed the conversation, hearing more about your career uh, so far and uh, where you've taken Women in Tech Forum to this point. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. I've really enjoyed the podcast. Great to have you on with us. Thanks, Angie. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ITSMA, a leading B2B growth consultancy and advisory firm. We're fortunate to have incredibly diverse talent, both in our business and the clients we work with. And together, we're actively striving to tackle the inclusion gap. You can learn more at MomentumITSMA.com.